Welcome to Coochie Conversations, where we give you the real on all things women's health, spirituality, and motherhood. Empowering women to have sovereignty over themselves, we shine light on the disparities that women face daily as divine feminine beings. So steep your favorite tea, roll up your favorite smoke blend, and tune into this week's episode of Coochie Conversations. Peace Tribe, it's your girl, Bianca Pittman, a.k.a. Divine Mother, and we are back this week giving you a fresh Coochie Conversations episode. Today, we have a few of my favorite people in the building, my original Coochie Conversations crew. Of course, we have Joanne in the building. Hey, guys. We have Najla in the building. Hello there. We have Sam Soler in the building. Hey, guys. And we have a newbie, Patrice, in the building. Hi, Patrice. So today we are shining light on Black Maternal Health Week, Black Maternal Mental Health Week. Um, If you are originally a part of the Coochie Conversations crew, then you know back on our IG Live days, we have had conversations about Black Maternal Health. This week, starting today, July 19th, up until July 25th, is Black Maternal Mental Health Week. So I felt like we should have this conversation um, as new moms, moms moms-to-be, and existing moms. Um, I just want to create a dialogue around the topic, share our experiences, and um, just really help those who, you know, need this information. As a disclaimer, this episode is created to shine light on the disparities that Black women go through when it comes to Black maternal health. This episode is here to shine light on what goes on with us in the medical system. It's not to induce fear or create any type of anxiety for those of you who, you know, these us moms who are having our babies in hospitals and things like that. We're just shining light on the fact that we need to advocate for ourselves as Black women, no matter where we decide to have our babies. So I am so excited for this conversation. Um, Like I said, in the past, we definitely spoke about Black Maternal Health. Black Maternal Health Week is from April 11th to April 17th. And then Black Maternal Mental Health Week is from July 19th to July 25th. And um, I'm five weeks away from having my son. We have Patrice here who just literally had a baby. Um, He's about three weeks old. We have Naj here who's expecting. We have Sam here who already has children and Joanne. So I just want to hear about your experiences um, and your birthing processes. You know, approximately 700 women die a year as a result of childbirth. And two thirds of these deaths are preventable <laughs> i'm the veteran so i'm probably going to speak the least because my my information is outdated <laughs> like well my personal accounts are outdated i do study these things all the time i'm you know i'm heavy in the work um you know i work in the collective so of course i am knowledgeable and i do keep abreast of things to support women of today but my personal experience is outdated because i have not given birth in 15 years so black maternal mental health is a reminder that so many families experience pain neglect and loss during what should be one of the most joyous times in our in our lives i for one like i said i'm coming up 
on five weeks and having my son and childbirth has been a very big fear of mine um, my whole life. <laughs> That's been probably the biggest fear I've had. And I think because I'm not having my child in the hospital, I am at peace and I'm very much grounded in my experience. Um, Cause when people ask me all the time, like, are you scared? Are you nervous? Like, how are you feeling? And honestly, I'm just flowing. Like, I mean, I have, I might have a, a couple minutes where it's just like, oh my God, he'll be moving a lot. And it's like, damn, I got to push you out of my vagina. But like, <laughs> other than that, as far as like the scares that we go through as black women, I don't feel like I feel that way because I'm so secure in the path that I'm taking to deliver my son. Had I been having him in the hospital, I do feel like I would be more on edge. Oh. My um my labor was two days long. So, so <laughs> um my mucus plug broke on um April 20th of 08. And um I thought I was gonna give birth. I was contracting. I was living by myself in Poughkeepsie upstate. I had originally left um New York around three or four months of pregnancy just to kind of clear my mind. Things weren't really working out with my daughter's dad and I just wanted a semblance of privacy and nesting because I knew that so many outward opinions and thoughts and like deflections would really, really color my the forecast. You know, I didn't want any like outside noise. So I went to the woods by myself, you know, for the rest of my pregnancy. Um, I tend to do that. I tend to look inward and retreat when I'm having their very like um, monumental life moments. Um, I'm still very much that way. I've always been that way. Um, it's more so now than my mother because I need to lock in on myself. I need to trust my inner voice more than others. So I do that more now and I teach my daughter how to do that. So um, the fact that she was in my stomach while I had to make that choice was crazy because it's like, we're doing what's best for us. And it was um, the most unselfish thing I've done. And I still stick beside it because when I, um, when, when I, when my mucus plug broke on the 20th, um, I took a $300 cab <laughs> back to Brooklyn with all of my things moved into my parents' old apartment because they had relocated to Far Rockaway, where we are now. Um, I just began, like, you know, organizing her room. And, like, that day, like, the same day my mucus plug broke, this is the 20th, I'm having contractions. I just started, like, you know, cleaning the apartment up, making up space, the, assembling things on the 20th, on the 20th. Like, I, I had contractions the whole two days. On the 21st, which was the next day of the contractions, um, I began to contract a little bit more frequently. And my sister who was living in the apartment, she lives in Texas now. She lives in San Antonio. She had a, um, she had a cold. So I had locked her in the room because I didn't want any, I'm a germaphobe. I'm ready to be a mother. I was already a mother before I was a mother, y'all. So like, I was like, lock yourself in that room. Don't even come out, whatever. I took myself, I took myself to the doctor. I didn't even call my mom because my mom went to work. Like I was actually like in labor and my mom came in in full in full uniform she just she got she i don't know how she got the call but i guess we're gonna talk about it a little later the mental connection and um lo and behold my daughter was born on may 22nd at 5 12 a.m and my daughter, my mom's birthday is 5 12 and my mom was the one that delivered my my baby my mom was right there like and she caught my daughter when she came out i didn't know your mom caught her you can't tell from the way they bicker <laughs> Yeah. You can't tell. I bring you in this world, doesn't mean you don't. You can't tell. Oh anymore. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's, that's why she feels like she has agency. She be she be talking like an over grandma. She be like, 
she'd be stepping in front of me. I'm like, mom, like, what gives you the right? Because yeah, I caught her. I saw her before you did. Type right. Thing. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Two days. So 48 hours you were in labor. Mm-hmm. Intense so labor. I'm taking something called for the pregnant mommy. Um, labor prep. Mm-hmm. And I just started the gentle birth tincture um, yesterday. Been taking these for like three weeks now. And how do you um, feel? Did you relax your muscles? So the labor prep and the gentle birth, and then I drink a lot of like raspberry leaf tea, but it has raspberry leaf and primrose in it. So when you get to about 30, 30 weeks or so, you would start. You can take these sooner, but I started at 30 weeks. So you could take them in your second or your third trimester. I started taking them at 30 weeks. Um, it's supposed to take two capsules a day. I started in the beginning, I started taking one every other day for the first week. Then the second week, I started taking one every day. For like two weeks, I've been taking one every day. And then this week, I started taking two a day. How do you so, feel with them? Like, do you feel fortified? I feel fine, but I, it's to help um, speed up the active labor. So a lot of women who have taken the labor prep and the gentle birth tinctures, they've like, so say like Sam who has two kids where with Royal, she might have not did anything, but with justice, she might've did this and they can see the difference of how long their labor was, whether the first child was two days long. And then the second Mm -hmm. child was like six hours or 12 hours. Like there is no second child, by that confusion. Well, with that, with I'm just saying the examples of moms who can tell the difference between okay. when they didn't take it and when they did take it. Um, so so I it helps the intensity of the pain. It does help the intensity of the contractions and active labor. Um, it helps with uterine so uterine wall strengthening support, cervix cervix softening, and recovery report uh, report recovery repair. So and support. So you know, like a lot of women, especially um, when it comes to us, especially, we are known for one of the reasons the Black maternal health rate is so high is because we are known to hemorrhage after Mm -hmm. having birth in these Mm -hmm. hospitals. Mm -hmm. So these herbs help with hemorrhaging. That is awesome. Because I just need some castor oil in my vagina after giving birth. We mm-hmm. did the Guatemalan way over here. Uh-huh. Lots of manzanilla, manzanilla tea. I had my faja on. Like the aftercare was nuts. We're a very Spanish group over here, um, but I'm I'm excited to see the scope of birthing change. And I think that as moms, I can collectively say for all of us that when you have a solid plan for your body and when you have a certain care regimen, you confidently can show up in other areas of your life. Like, even if you're a breastfeeding mom or if you're a mom of a toddler, when you have your mind together, you feel more secure to show up. And I think that's what the um, disparities are. And that's why this week is so important, because I have lost a friend to childbirth. Um, We're not going to talk about that, but I will encourage everybody to go watch Aftershock on um, I was, I, Netflix. I was it's going on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Um, yes. Aftershock on Netflix is definitely a great. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, yeah. It's a great. It's a great documentary. Everybody should watch. Yes. Um, whether yes. you had a kid or don't have a kid, or if you, you are a brown woman, you should watch it. Yes. And you know, I just want to state because I rep myself very hard. Shimani Makiba Gibson lived. Yes. She lived Absolutely. out loud. She lived in color. 
and she painted, and I do feel she like painted in my life, and I, and, I, her, and I appreciate her presence. I didn't know her personally like you did, you did, but you know, just her story of not being seen or heard in her fourth trimester, um, and I feel like she, I think she had a pulmonary embolism. Yeah, um, and I, she, like I was want to say that she had an amazing family, um, and secure and secure, um, stable love loving home environment. And it was even in those constructs, when she got on that table, it all turned med- medicinal. It all turned medical. And there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens in those processes. So I encourage you guys to always have a proxy and always have, you know, somebody ready to bum rush some things on your behalf. But that, let's not let's hope it doesn't get to those extremes because things are changing now. Reforms just, are being made. It's just about, you know, like. The problem is we're not being seen or heard in these spaces. And you know your body better than anybody knows your body. You know, you've been in your body for 30, 40 years. And if somebody comes into the room and they want to tell you about you being in your body and they only known you for 10 minutes. Um, And I just feel like if they listen to us more, then we wouldn't have the results of these mortalities that we we have. Um, I was just reading a story about a 30-year-old woman who was in labor well she had a high-risk pregnancy because she had lupus and um, while she was in labor you know she was saying she didn't feel well or something didn't feel right and they're looking on the monitor like oh well your blood pressure is fine your heart rate's fine the baby's heart rate is fine you're fine you're just stressed from labor and she you know like six hours later now like 12 hours in and she's like no something's not right like I don't feel fine and all of a sudden, like, everything started to drop. The, the heart rate, blood pressure, her and the baby. And they're like, oh, in order to save you guys, we have to do a C-section. So they did the C-section. Um, however, if they had listened to her from the beginning, it could have been preventable. And um, she now goes to, like, therapy and stuff like that because she has PTSD, circum- like, circumferencing around her birth like she she can't look at the birth picture she can't look at the hospital she can't look at she couldn't even look at her baby in the beginning because she was just so frazzled about the experience and I just feel like if they listened to us more we wouldn't have these issues um like I said we know our bodies and it stems back from you know them feeling like black women don't feel any pain and yeah you know, higher threshold of pain right we have a high threshold of pain and you know and like these these white women are seeking mental health afterwards they're getting care they're being seen and heard in these spaces and we just go and it's like we're playing like russian roulette yeah Najla, where do you stand on the postpartum is bred in the in the birthing room scenario so um one of the one of the things that I went through personally during this birthing process and I'll kind of like bounce it off of my sister's experience where they had her really running up and down the entire pregnancy she had high blood pressure and what I realized um during her actual labor is that her doctor had every intention on giving her a C-section but he waited until the day that he knew that the the rate of her blood pressure would not allow her to even be able to attempt to push. But he waited till the day of to, to, to gently lay that news on her. 
we're going to try. We're going to try our best. It was a lot of we're going to try our best. We're going to try our best. Knowing that she didn't want a C-section, but then waited till the very end to be like, okay, listen, here's what it is. You're going to have to have a C-section because your blood pressure won't allow for you to push naturally. So that's how that went. Um, Tanea Joy came a month early. Um, she came, she, she came with a, with a purpose. <laughs> she was going to come. And she stayed in the NICU for a very short time, like about a week. And we were able to take her home. And since then, she's been flourishing. Everything's been great. Um, you know, but I do feel like the the teens at St. John's who was taking care of Tanea, because she got separated from her mom. As soon as she was taken out, she was separated from her mom immediately. Um they still, they updated my sister. They had cameras. They're like, we're going to make sure that our entire team is 24 seven watching her. So nothing happens to your baby. So they were really reassuring. Um, so she had a great nursing team, right? So when I am taking that as an example, I started having problems with my doctor's office when it came down to genetics testing, getting my ultrasound, you know, things that are, are routine oh, the insurance company needs this, the insurance company needs that, you know, so we missed a lot of deadlines, right? I had the doctor that I chose, I did research on, and because she's a black doctor and a lot of the nurses who are within her network are black, I said, okay, this is who I want to go with. I didn't meet my delivering doctor until a couple weeks ago for the first time. So before that, I'm like, hey, guys, I pretty much was the liaison between the insurance company and my OB office. I advocated for myself a lot of times. And then came my maternal help through um, through a social worker, um, a maternal turnaround program. And what that is, they give you mental health services, um, you know, during your pregnancy and after your pregnancy. So they provide you with a therapist, all of that stuff. They try to help you with housing, applying for WIC, food stamps, whatever programs you need. Because when, you know, the hospital wasn't, not the hospital, OB wasn't really, you know, cooperating with me. She's like, I will call the office myself and make sure that you get what you need because this is honestly ridiculous. Fast forward. I meet my delivering, the woman who I would like to deliver for me. Um, I had decided not to use a birthing center because I'm not financially in a position to support that. I met her and I expressed everything I'd been going through, all the trouble I've been having with the OB office. So it's not the doctors, it's actually the supporting people, the people who are supposed to send out paperwork, the people who are supposed to crunch numbers, send the references, do the appointments, set up the appointments. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. So I expressed this to her and she gathered them right up. She said, if this is happening to multiple of my patients, because I have heard about this issue, we have to clean this up because it looks bad on my part because you're not being taken care of. She also asked me what hospital I would like to deliver at because there's a hospital that she delivers from and then there's another hospital that I would be with the other doctor and it would be, my birth would be supported by residents. They wouldn't necessarily be the ones delivering my child. 
I said, ma'am, this is my first child. Residence. Residence. Medical students. Practice doctors? Yeah, no. I said, ma'am, if you are not the face I see, I'm walking out. Okay, mid-labor. Because, huh? I said, no. I would prefer a... Um, I'm not saying there's wrong, anything wrong with residents and they're studying. However, me being the person that I am, I would like for an experienced doctor who has done this for years in her practice to be my delivering doctor. So she said to me, one thing I want to point out to you, I just happen to be a doctor who is very, not anti-C-section, but I will do everything in my power to not have to go that route because it is it is difficult afterwards, right? I expressed to her, if you're gonna cut me and you have already in the back of your mind, just allow me to go on to another medical professional and I will be okay with it, no harm, no foul. If that is something that you do. She expressed to me, she really eased my mind because she saw that I was, I was not playing with her. So she did speak on my request for a delayed cord clamping. That was another thing that I expressed that I, you know, wanted to do. Was it pushback when you made requests like that, Nash? Yes. The first doctor, the the guy. Um, okay. So that first, that first male doctor, he, when I mentioned um, having a, because I asked him, like, is there any way that if we can't do a lotus bird because hospitals won't do it, is there a way that we can extend the time that the umbilical cord is attached to the placenta? So my baby gets that extra iron. Well, what is the, what is the research behind that? What is the purpose of that? Ooh. First of all, if you read my chart, you'll notice that mm -hmm. I am anemic and yeah. I have had severe anemia my whole life. This is not something new. But it it's runs a in my lot of nutrients in the placenta that the baby still needs when- Exactly. But so why don't my, you know that as a medical professional? They know this, right? He was just so, going to ask if she knew. So she- Right. He, so I was like, I was like, sir, I personally, I'm anemic. My sister's anemic. My mother's anemic. Both my, well, all of my sisters. We all have problems with anemia. This is something that, so- the extra blood flow that the baby will get being attached to, to being attached to the placenta a little longer is very vital, especially since we're not, we know that this is a problem that occurs in our family. And he shut up. Yes, sir, because you think I don't know what I'm speaking of. Bruh. And then I was asking him about placenta preservation. He's like, yeah, that's something that you could do. You just sign a paper. And I'm going to double back on that. Because don't tell me I can just sign a paper and then you don't have me jumping no them charging me thousands of dollars to keep my own placenta. So I have to double back on that. But my OB was like, listen, your nurse matters. That's what she said to me. She said, your nurse matters. Now, when you go in, you're going to be spending a lot of time with that nurse. Right. So that's the person who you want to be on point because they're going to be giving us back the reports. And if they're giving us reports that indicate that you're at a risk that you need to have a C-section, that's going to be your determining factor. You know what I mean? So you have to be on the same accord with your nurse as well. That's what she pointed out. And I haven't heard any doctor um, say that to me, honestly, you know, that it is important for me to pay attention to who my nurse is. Right. right? He's the one who's spending the most time with you. Right. 
so that being said, I think now things have picked up since I advocated for myself and since I like put my foot down, I said, listen, this is what I need. This is nothing new. You are an OB office. Get it together because you know women need ultrasounds. You know women need certain testing done. This is routine. It shouldn't be this difficult, right? So um, it put me at ease mentally a lot more during the pregnancy to know that my voice is now being heard. I love that for you. Yeah. And I, you, seem, you seem way more confident and more strong now. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's a mama bear thing, right? It's like, I got my baby. You right. know what I mean? yeah. like, you know, it's, it's like, not, I don't got my baby, I got my baby. It's like, I'm not my baby, you know? Like it's just like a... <laughs> I feel like a dragon sometimes, like, like I'm ready to come for any, like, y'all really want to play this game with me? So, so far, um, so far, like, my body has been feeling a lot better, a lot okay, you know, like, the nausea is not there and stuff. That has helped me tremendously mentally because I'm, I'm able to can, can you give us your due date month? Exactly. Like around the time? So, I'm due um, November 28th. Hey. Um, I thought it was the 29th. It's the 28th. No is way. It... Justice is uh, the 30th. That's crazy. I'm the 29th. I thought it was my birthday. Oh, but... my God. Listen, listen. Okay. Just as long as my baby's not a Scorpio. No. Uh, as long as he ain't a Scorpio, right? <laughs> Just trying to avoid that whole section. So, Oh, my goodness. My All right. We're gonna, we have another sash coming. I'm, I'm praying right? for a Virgo. Girl, bye. Seven's not gonna be a Virgo. So, Why? Go in. He's not, he's not gonna stay in that long. I already know. I have a proven record. I don't be wrong about these babies. Okay. I'm not. I'm loud, but I'm gonna be quiet because I don't want to put nobody on the spot right now. Joanne already got one of her requests. I'll just say that. However, you know she'll get her formal letter in the mail. So, um, the gestation because I be knowing um, measurement. Seven's not staying that long. I think three indicate more that my baby is um. It's showing that showing um, 21 weeks, but like the dates show 20 weeks in three days. Well, four days now, but the gestational um, measurement is showing that my baby is actually bigger than what the dates are showing. Mm. So I, it's kind of like iffy because I'm like, do I just got a big ass baby? <laughs> so it's a little different, but I have all my um, I have my next ultrasound. I got in a car accident. A few days what? ago. Yeah. So that's how I ended up getting another ultrasound for them to make sure the baby was okay. Babies are babies. Okay. Everything is fine. So my official ultrasound for like the weight and all of that stuff with NPT is on the 21st. Okay. Um, in a few days. You still not yeah. know the sex? I do. <laughs> Yay, we know the sex. Yeah, we've been new the sex. Well, yeah, we've been new the sex, but formally uh, get on my nerves. Formally not the sex. Wow. So, so. <sighs> and I'm, you know what, Nas? It's like even in the car accident, I just want to commend you for like you you had your the baby that baby came first because you were already in advocacy mode and you were always you were already on mama bear mode. So I just loved I just loved seeing your growth throughout the pregnancy because it was like oh my god I'm pregnant and like fuck out of here I'm pregnant like it, it, it got it got there real quick it got right. there real quick and, and I love that for nobody you. nobody got hurt in the car accident that right. 
literally told them, they're like, oh, how many people was in a car with you? I said, me and my baby, since y'all want to play that game. And somebody put okay. young game to that. Somebody said, somebody said, if you look at your laws and the laws about, um, you know, what a fetus is considered, uh, uh, and we all have our own beliefs, but if you, if in a law way, in order for you to, to be able to properly advocate, you got to let them know, like, since y'all want to consider a fetus, um, a, a life. Boom. Our two people got a claim. My baby claim number is like, right. Right. Okay. So because of that, because I was first concerned about my baby and the health of my baby, because the car was total airbags deployed and everything, oh my God. the officer didn't really get my statement on what had occurred. So now my whole case is based on this woman and she's screaming. So today I called and I said, listen here, I am not being heard because my first attention was to my child. And I'm not going to allow you guys to keep speaking over me because everybody I've called, my insurance, the police department has spoken over me. And that's something that I used to be very like timid about. And I would just shut my mouth and listen. But no, you're going to speak over me because this is imperative. I told the officer straight up. It's my duty as a mother to worry about my child first. And because it's not something that you can identify with. Mm. that's why you know it's it's nothing to you but it's very major to me and he shut his mouth and that was the end of that you know and that's something that i'm learning through this pregnancy is that it's not to let people speak over me you know why because there's gonna come a point in time that my child is gonna be mommy mommy this happened mommy mommy this happened at school this happened was there any stage in the birthing process where you had to advocate for yourself or you felt like you had to speak up yes it was most definitely, especially during my active labor. Um, that's actually going back to what Bianca was saying, how we know our bodies. And I just knew he was, I just knew he was ready. He was pushing, although my cervix wasn't all the way open, he was ready. And I kept telling him like, you know, I know my body. I know my body. It's time. Lo and behold, I ended up tearing because they were like, it's not time. And, you know, trying to tell me that, I wasn't ready. And then um, they offered, they they tried to say that, um, to, they, they tried to tell me that I needed the epidural because I couldn't take it. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm having him natural. And in 30 minutes from six centimeters, I jumped up to 10 because he knew that mama wasn't going to have no medicated birth. And so, um, yeah, I really commend you. No. Nice. Nice. My apologies, Naj, mm -hmm. for um, advocating for yourself from the beginning all the way to the end. Like, that's what we have to do. And, um, yeah, it's it's important. It's definitely important, especially having a, a, a real close connection with the nurse, even though, you know, she's a stranger at first. Mm -hmm. That's very important, too. Cause she's did you, did you give birth vaginally? You had a V-back or you had a C-section? No, I had a V-back. Okay. How well, was no, that? You mind sharing a little bit? I didn't have a V back because you never had a cesarean. It was the first case. You, Can you guys a vaginal birth. Oh, vaginal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So V back is vaginal after having a cesarean. Mm hmm. Okay. So, oh, wait. That was her first baby, she said. Her first baby. Yeah. Okay. Right. So mm -hmm. Sam had a V back. Okay, so wait, can you give us a little insight of your of how that was? Like, when did your water break? How long was the birthing process? Okay, so 
let's just start. He came a week before because they induced me due to the high risk pregnancy. Um, in my opinion, I feel like they tell all black women they have a high risk pregnancy. I was going to say, what was the high risk of your pregnancy? And when did you find out you were high risk? Um, soon as I got pregnant, because prior to that, I've had um, a hyperparathyroid where the hormones is just like going up and down. Me so too. Was- Look, I'm working on it. <laughs> we, have to, we have to talk because um, just it's sorry. hormonal. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. But and it stems from having an unbalanced throat chakra. You know, that's... I'm working on it, Bianca. I am trying every day. I okay. know what your lap is on. Mm. And you know what? Let me just say something, Patrice. I'm not trying to get in your business, but if I was Amari, I want to get here earlier, too, because the way he napping right now... Right, look at him. I want to be where he oh, is. You no. know what I'm saying? He's like, I want to be in here. I want to be on you. Like, I want to be where I'm at right now. Here watching, like, oh my god, it's gonna be me in a couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's yeah. coming up so soon. So, speaking of the high mm. risk thing, can everybody hear me? By the way, because I know my thing. Yeah, we can hear Nash. The high risk thing, I was also put on high risk as soon as I told, like, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, they had me written down as high risk. So when I asked, like, why am I uh, listed as high risk? She had to do me a sugar test to clear me um, of that risk. Of the, I told her, I said, I've had low blood sugar for a long time. So once she cleared me, that cleared the high risk. They just put that on your paperwork automatically. And because PCOS is so common, I... I can guarantee you that a lot of women are put on high risk. And someone has told me that. I have PCOS. Well, I don't have it anymore. I had PCOS. So, everybody knows my story. I had PCOS for like 10 years. So, when I got pregnant, she was like, well, there goes the PCOS. And I was like, oh, aren't I high risk pregnancy because I have PCOS? And she was like, there's no such thing as... um, a PCOS like pregnancy, like a high risk PCOS pregnancy. She's like, you don't Steve have PCOS, boom. so I'm not high risk because I have PCOS. I'm becoming more of the high risk range, one because I'm black, but because I've gained excessive quote unquote, unquote weight during my pregnancy, and there, you know, there is a fear mongering with uh, you have to get, you're gonna have to get a C section, or you're gonna get preeclampsia. You know, so all I hear every time I go to the doctor is about me having to now get a C-section. So, yeah. um, and if, if you don't know, black women are more likely to have C-sections and they're three times, C-sections are three times more likely to happen as opposed to a vaginal birth. And they get a 50% increase um, when it comes to monetary value. So yes. I had to create my birth plan, even though I'm having a home birth, but if things go to where I have to go to the hospital, my birth plan states that I do not want a C-section. Right. You know what's crazy? Bringing, um, it, bringing it full circle, if you look at some of the risk factors, so when they, when you, there's a chart, and I don't remember what it is, um, it'll come to me, that the risk factors, one of the risk factors that is listed on that chart for birthing complications, that's what it was, was being Black. How is that an actual risk factor? And you guys are putting this in text. The other day I went to the doctor. Black, that's it. 
The other day I went to the doctor and she was surprised. My doctor is black and Indian. And she was like looking at my chart or whatever. And she was like, wow. So they're saying that you're high risk now because you're black. Like that's what's in the chart. And she's never seen it like that before. I don't know if she doesn't have many black patients or if this is just a new thing that they're just adding to the database. But she was like, wow, like now they're trying to put you in here as high risk because you're black. And I just know like in the hospitals, their algorithms, they go off of race. And And that needs to be more loud because if even in the verbiage, remember words have meaning. And if you're saying someone is high risk, automatically now as a medical professional, you're putting them in a lane where they don't even get a fighting chance to do to allow their body to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, whenever you try to, I think one of the things the doctor was saying when I was like, I don't want to be cut, is right. the, the male doctor was saying, um, well, if it's ne- well, we can't promise you that we're not going to do that. If it's not ne- if it's necessary, hold on, partner. But necessary to who? We didn't even get there. You haven't even done blood work on me yet, and you're already anticipating if it's necessary. So when you ha- when you put a label on something and it starts to um, gather a stigma behind it, then that will follow, and it puts us as black women at risk. We are high freaking risk. It puts us at risk because automatically you're thinking like- Because yep, you're putting us gonna... at risk though. Right. It, we're not at risk because of our race. Right. You're putting us at risk. And, and, they're, and they're presenting our current situation. Yes, and they're, and they're articulating our current situation as, as threatening yes. and, or, or like, and it, and it, and it gives it a deviation from the, from the whole calling. Like, I, I'm going to say- Generally, I'm the oldest one here because I have the oldest child here. I was 21 years old when I gave birth. And I was 20 when I found out I was pregnant. So when I was 20 years old, they diagnosed me with, you know, hyper, um, hyperactive um, thyroid. Great. Great. They told me I was um, premenopausal. Premenopausal. They, they diagnosed me with pre, they, they diagnosed me menopausal. And um, I also had um, I also had uh, fibroids, so that was the, that was their precursor for making me high risk. So right. imagine I'm twenty years old, my body's changing. I just got these titties, and now I'm about to have breasts. And you telling me a baby's inside my body, and that I might not be able to push it out. They said that's that exactly what I was going to say because when I was young, they did that to me too. I think uh, like right now, I feel like the strongest thing for women and like the strongest thing I could say is the educational part like without Mm -hmm. the education we didn't have the education when I first had like you said when I first had royal I had no idea what I was doing and like obviously like you're you're supposed to like do your research everyone tells you oh do your research but nobody tells nobody gives you a resource nobody like in the beginning what research am I doing I don't I don't know where to even start yeah, even with the second one, like I was well informed. I had two doulas, like I had an encapsulation of my placenta. I still have my pills to this day. They help a ton. So whoever says that they don't help, that's a lie. Cause it's like to this day I and I have such a connection to them. Like even if they go like spoiled, which I don't think they ever will, <laughs> like I just keep them in the freezer or the fridge. But like 
I just have such a deep like understanding after like my second experience. It's like you really got to be educated, even with like if I ever do have a third. I feel like now I know because now I went through the experience of pushing and I was, yes, I was a successful V back and I didn't even know what that word meant at first. You do have to educate yourself. And I, we were in a conversation um, when I was pregnant with my, uh, my brother's wife's family. Cause we were celebrating my birthday, I believe. And it was, it was like the topic of conversation. Like, you know, that we were all talking about my V back, like, I'm like, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, because to them, they swear that you can't have a vaginal birth after having a You were a miracle, bro. I got the midwife. Like, I got my midwife, and I got, um, um, I found one. It was an hour away. I wish I would have had one closer by, which I would, uh, again, just, like, do your research, reach out to people. Um, Naja, I hope you found, um, a midwife. If not, please, let's, let's exchange. I was looking for your number. To send you more a, stuff. So I have a, I'm so sorry if I never got you. What? Sorry. I I have you on Instagram. So I'll text you my number again. Yes. No, please, I have please. your number. I do have your number. I have a doula. We're going to get. I'm going to get it from. Like just message me on Instagram if anything. Because I keep changing my names. I forgot like your Instagram handle. I just like. I have a doula. My doula is. <laughs> phenomenal exactly actually, it's so important it's so, so important to have my e like, sister yes she's my e sister so she can she also does my my reading sometimes when it pertains to like exactly um so a lot of like health stuff she's able to like say okay this is what spirit wants you to do to alleviate this problem especially when it came to my foot because i was like a big concern she was the one who let me know that it was a physiological problem. It was something that when we talk about water retention in the feet, she was telling me, you're retaining um, energy. Yeah, you're retaining resentment. And in order for your foot to get better, because it's not your pregnancy that's causing your foot. You've had this like swollen foot before. But she was like, these are things that you want to heal up and work on during your pregnancy and work on releasing. Um, so I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty dope to be handling things on both the spiritual side and then the yes. medical side. She's like a herb expert, which I really love. Um, so um, we, we, we simultaneously work together and she's in Houston, Texas. A real southern belle. Yes. And that's it's dope that you have the both the spiritual and the physical. Like that's what I love about my doula. The balance, right? Um, Yeah. Of having her Can I ask Patrice a question? Mm Mm-hmm. Patrice, what space what what role did um holistic care take take in this new journey of motherhood? I'm so happy you asked me this question. Um because before I got pregnant, I always, always wanted to be a mother since I was like nine years old. So just going through my healing journey as I got, you know, as I became an adult, I always told myself I wanted to be healed spiritually, mentally, and physically before I have children. That's just something that, that was like one of my affirmations. And so once I got pregnant, um, you know, it just seemed like, you know, obviously it was time because the universe is like, you know, he's here. I'm sending him through you. So 
I'm like, okay, so I've, I've healed in certain aspects for me to, you know, receive my blessing. And um, during the pregnancy, I just, I'm a firm believer in the most high and I walk by faith all the time. So there wasn't really a lot of herbs that I used. Um, it seemed like my, my body actually rejected a lot of holistic herbs. Like it just was like, no, no, even with the sea moss, no. Like my body rejected everything. And um, my first trimester, I actually lost 50 pounds because I wasn't able to keep down food or water. So for a lot of times we weren't, we, we didn't really eat but the first three months. And um, that the third month I had to go into the hospital for about almost three weeks. And it was the worst experience ever because they wanted to treat us like a guinea pig. And I wasn't going for it. Like, um, you know, I thank the most high for the the, endo, the, um, the endocrinologist that, that I have because he was just like, whatever they say, the meaning as far as the, um, the OB, don't take any um, prescription drugs that has to do with the parathyroid because that will actually harm your baby. So the three weeks that we were in the hospital, they kept trying to feed me different different parathyroid medications and, and they're, they're mostly hormonal what i find because thyroid is a hormonal and hormonal imbalance they kept trying to give me the same thing and it's funny because the inner consciousness is so real like i'm like i love I, I love god but like i feel like i'm i'm more closer to my creator now that i have push life through my body as a conduit. I mean, that's not my child. It's his child. He told me and I'm going to give it back to him eventually. Like when, you know, when she's in good age, well, she's right about now. We'll talk another time. But it's so funny that I knew immediately when they tried to treat me, it would affect my baby. And I just cut it off. I said, I could go without it. Right. You and know, and I love that advocacy. That's exactly what I did. Like they even... I didn't, I, it, I didn't even take the prenatals because the prenatals were making me sick as well. I didn't take anything. So when you ask me, um, really just allow my body to take its natural course. You know, I'm just having a baby. It was plenty of times where, you know, my vibration was very low because I was depressed during my first trimester because I had got jumped on by the sheriff's department. So I felt like they was trying to kill my baby when um. I kept telling them I was pregnant and they used excessive force, hit me in my stomach and all that. So for the first trimester, I was definitely depressed. And then just with the the um the pregnancy symptoms, it didn't make it no better. But mentally I knew that I, I'm carrying a child. So whatever I feel, whatever I go through, that's what he's gonna feel. And it's not fair to bring him into this world, you know, with trauma or just you know, having mental breakdowns and stuff like that. So a lot of it was um, like, you know, mental health. I had to keep myself mentally grounded because there was a lot going on during my pregnancy. You know, people show their true colors and then, you know, things aren't going your way, finances, all that. But mentally, I stayed grounded. Now, emotionally, you know, I was up and down. Like My vibrations was very low, but we got through it. We really did. With no medication. I'm proud of you, girl. I really resonate with that as well. My pregnancy was really, really tough. Like, the first time it wasn't as bad. I, I felt, you know, some type of support and grounding. But it was still a little hard, I guess, because we were not yet, we were not ready and we were young. Mm -hmm. And it was an unplanned thing. 
And then also with the second one, it was just really also very unfortunate, like, type of events. So I definitely can resonate with that so much. I'm so proud of you for staying that strong. Um, I had a similar situation where, yeah, I was also hit in my stomach by my son's father. And it was really traumatic. Um, So I agree. Like, I used a lot of plant medicines of my own um to really like different teas different mixtures meditation to really just stay grounded because i knew that the like the stress that i was going through i knew it was like liable to like hurt my child so like at a certain point of my pregnancy i was just maybe like five six months i was like you know what like i'm just i'm going through with this and i'm gonna be strong and you know, I'm going to just be happy. And at that point, it really changed for me. I started traveling. I went to Atlanta. I did a retreat. I did a healing retreat. And I got like, you know, it was I got so much experience. I got so much spiritual knowledge being out there in those lands in Atlanta. We were like, definitely on like Cherokee land. And then I went to Miami. I got blessed in the ocean. It was such a beautiful pregnancy after that. So I really also encourage, again, along with, I just want to say a few things, like just encouraging, again, the education, like education on everything. Get a personal trainer if you can afford it. Get a doula if you can afford it. We have all the resources that you guys need. Like you're you're not alone. Um, Also, like just there's a bunch of apps that you can look up information on. You can also do a lot of movement classes. Try to do like try to find a local support group or even just call your friends and say, hey, do you guys want to like dance, you know, once a week and just get out and really move? I think like the depression, like shaking it off, but also being in your physical body, because I also lost like a lot of weight with um, justice. I couldn't keep anything down. I only like mangoes and avocados. (laughs) And that was like it. I was like super on my like vegan stuff at that point. But um, I felt really good um, after I kind of, like, pushed everything, kind of accepted what was happening and kind of just, like, pushed forward, like you said. So I really resonated with that. Thank you for sharing that and, like, making me feel like I'm not alone, you know. I did have um, the support of my child's father throughout the whole pregnancy and during the delivery. So that that definitely played a huge role because I know I – my emotions would have been all over the place if he wasn't there. So that was something that was very important to me. And also um, during the delivery, the nurse, she, um, you know, she was, she was spiritual to an extent, but then there was this other nurse that walked in with very, very dark energy. And when I looked at her, her eyes got big because <laughs> that's the anointing that she I have. Saw over me. She saw that you saw her. Yeah. And then, you Ooh. aggravated her demons. Yes. You did. And I didn't want her to touch me. But I'm like, right. cover me most high. Like this, please keep me here with you. And um unfortunately, she was just she's there, excuse me. She's there just for a paycheck because I I was induced. So when you get induced, they have to like, you know, try to see, stick their fingers up in you and see how far along you come. I mean, you are. And your centimeters and just talking about it makes me uncomfortable but um i don't know it's like she was just putting her hand in the hole like just 
no compassion, no grace, no, nothing, yeah, nothing at all. And it brought tears to my like, This is the first time I've cried. Like, I haven't even cried during my pregnancy. Like, this is she made me cry. Like, and then after that, um, I just told her, you know, I don't want her in here anymore, please. Right. Like, well, actually, I, I prayed about it because I, I didn't tell my nurse, but I was just speaking it into an existence our universe. Please don't don't let this woman come back in here. Right. So they did. They she did come back, and I told her like, "Look, I don't want you touching me." And then after that, she just she disappeared. Like she uh, was never around. Listen, all it took was all it took was it was a petition, right? Because it was bigger than you. It was about a mind connection with God at that point. It wasn't even about you, because mm-hmm. you what the prayer was what was best for him shall pass. And I'm and the best for him was for her to be removed. I'm big on not wanting any interference like don't come in here even if i have to go to the hospital don't come in here check in my cervix every five minutes which putting your fingers up there like i feel like this is this is how we end up with bacteria and all that stuff every time you come and you put your fingers inside of me you're you're you know potentially giving me some type of bacteria and i just really believe i don't believe in inductions i just feel like the baby's going to come when the baby is meant to come. And we all have a duty on this side and the other side. You know what I mean? So like picture your baby, you know, leaving your ancestors and saying his goodbyes and, you know what I mean? Getting ready for this journey and you're just trying to speed up the process. And it's like, no, he's, he's not ready. He's going to come when he's ready. Um, And I just feel like a lot of, well, they say, most prenatal care is to create a record for liability purposes as opposed to actually caring for the woman. You laugh. You're just doing all of this so that you can write it down in your record so that you don't get sued. Right, and protect your interests. Protect your interests as opposed to really caring about me and the benefits of me. And this divine time, what a beautiful experience to be a portal, to be a vessel. And you would think it'd be honored. You would think it'd be celebrated. There's a whole ward and a whole separate section of the hospital and these medical facilities for expecting women. And in the moment of the birth, that's when you're the most callous. No. And they, they rush it. They rush everything. That's why they do sections. You know what I mean? Because a a labor could be two days, but a C-section could be 30 minutes. Like, right. Right. And I told my doctor, my OB, the energy was so, the energy was so important. When you speak on Patrice, I heard you say something about energy. When I met, because I had a choice and I had a few choices and I love that. Mm -hmm. I had a choice with who I wanted to be my delivering doctor. Dr. Cordero, I did not like his energy. His energy was quick. It was very jumpy. It was very like, let's get this over with. I have another patient. Um, I have another woman. Like I have another patient. Whereas Dr. Mohammed, she sat with me. She looked me in my eyes. She let me take my time. She did not speak over me. She sat and she listened to my concerns. She wasn't in haste. She wasn't checking her watch. And that energy allowed me a lot more comfortable with delivering in a hospital because listen, Bianca, I was close. I was like, yo, I'm gonna run and just like deliver at home and just like keep keep working with these years. But I was like, she made me feel so comfortable 
because she listened and I felt that she was listening to me and understanding where I was coming from. I told her, like, yo, this the medical industry is not kind to women who look like us. That's no. why I go 40 minutes out of my way to go to, to come to your office so I can get someone who looks like me. I told her that straight up. Like, I'm I'm dead ass serious. Like, so, and I spent a lot of time doing research into um, my my OB. So it's like that energy is very important. When I come across people whose energy is like mm, giving stank, I don't even want to deal with you anymore. I had depression before I was pregnant. Um, so I was on 100 milligrams of Zoloft, um, the non-genetic name is Sutraline. And then I was on, I was bumped down to 50 milligrams. When I found out I was pregnant, I stopped the medication completely. But then shortly after, you know, I started experiencing depression again. And so they put me on a very low dosage. They said as low as we can go to where it's not harm to the baby is what we're going to do. So I was okay with that. And it has helped me tremendously. I'm not the biggest advocate for um, antidepressants or like mental medications during pregnancy. However, I can honestly say that for me personally, it has helped me tremendously, especially on like the day-to-day just getting through. So that being said, um, it was very important for me that during my pregnancy, I seek mental health treatment to make sure that you're good during your pregnancy. So um, they're still matching me with a therapist and stuff like that. And that's something very important. And because what I'm experiencing now, being that my I'm watching my sister um, care for her baby, and she's doing a phenomenal job. It's kind of scary to me a little bit. It's very scary because sometimes I take on shifts and I'm like, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. This is going to be such a trip for me. Um, and sometimes like like now she's crying and screaming and my sister's so cool, calm and collective. And I'm over here having like a little mini heart attack, wondering like, <laughs> it's like I want to go fly in the room and see what's wrong with her. <laughs> so I'm like, um, there are moments there are moments where I stop and I'm like, you know, am I ready? And I have to like cheer myself on, you know? Um, so it's very real. And um, it's, it's very I think real. a better question to ask is, are you prepared or are you supported? Cause you're ready, girl. Let me tell you, you are ready. You are born My- to do this, <laughs> but are you prepared I- and are you supported? When I first got pregnant, the first thing that I, you know, I told someone, a friend of mine, I said, I have the most, in my opinion, I have coochie conversation. Um, first and foremost, I have Bianca, who's extremely versed in women's and Yoni health. And she the coochie coach. I have. <laughs> she the coochie. She the coochie. She is literally my coochie hero. What are you saying? <laughs> like, I'm like. Then I have my spiritual network, my Ele, which is an abundance of powerful women. Um, my my first in line is the Yemoja priestess. Um, my doula is also a daughter of Yemoja, like me. Um, 
So I have an elay full of women, um, a, a lot of them who are mothers, who are just wrapping their arms around me, like, you know, just always giving an encouraging word. Um, I have my mom who is super grandma. Like, my don't play. When she's with her grandmother, you hear no sounds. Who bathes a baby, feeds them, changes them, all of the above. Huh? Sleeping when you're giving her a bath? What? It is unheard of. Okay, my mom has that touch. I don't know what it is. She had a touch. And just around me, friends who are, when they hear silence, they know that I need a moment and then they're going to check in on me and just ensure that I'm okay. How are you feeling? Every every cushion around me is a safe space for me um, to just be and be at ease and know that I'm protected and know that I'm covered and know that I'm prayed for. And that is very important because that that's a network that I built even before I got pregnant. Damn sure did. So by the I'm time so proud of you, Naj. I'm so I'm so proud here. of this fortitude. Like when I tell you, I have been cheering you on from jump because I know that you are stronger than you know anything you know. And even with the challenges like the car accident or you know you know just deal, just putting a handle on your mental health. I just want to commend you on this open space for just taking charge of your life and doing what's best for your baby and creating what that landscape looks like. Like you're already a phenomenal mother because you put yourself first. You're already a phenomenal mother because you, you have your baby in mind and you're making the necessary changes. And it's not against anybody's advice or what you see on social media, what you see on the TV. Like you went yeah. at your own pace because you know how you learn. And I'm just so grateful to just, you know, hold space for you and just check in when you do, because I love no, to hear reports. I love to hear, I love to hear a testimony. I love to hear, when I'm talking to you that you're better than the last time we spoke and even better than the last time we spoke and that's what that's what good news is and it's so important yeah. that a network of mothers is formed because we mentally we're in charge of so much our bodies changing our lives are changing um yeah and our and our, and our, our, our family our family gene pool is changing you know the it bloodline has been extended through our bodies it literally takes a village you know absolutely literally. I it literally does. Make sure you have the top three numbers of people that have experience and people you can call that you know they're not going to give you a hard time. They're going to pick up the phone. Girl, you could keep me on speed dial. Like, I'm here I'm for you. you. I've <laughs> been alone. You're not alone. You're, you're going to get through this and you're going to be fully supported. Just know don't forget to call us. Don't forget. Don't think that yes. ever you're no, alone. It's true because black women, yeah. black women are twice as likely to white women to experience mental, maternal health, you know, conditions after having a baby. And yeah. we are half as likely to receive any type of treatment for it. So mm -hmm. we have to build our own networks and we have to, you know, have these people to keep our vibrations high and yeah, and vice versa, you know, because yeah. if we depend on it from the medical field, we're not, we're just not gonna and get honestly, it. Honestly, honestly, the fear mongering is real. Like, I rather go call Bianca and ask her a dumb question than to go Google some shit. And now my algorithm is completely miscarriage. Um, say th this, that, the other, you know, and that does happen. I've seen it. I typed in one little thing on Google. The way Amari is sleeping, I know I could call Patrice too now. 
baby and be like hey i have a dumb question they'll be like that's not a dumb question girl there's no dumb question because and we've been that she, the, the shame silences us and I think the shame, the shame of not knowing our bodies and not mastering our bodies, the shame of be, of not having a white jacket and stethoscope around our neck, the shame of not, um, you know, mastering something that we're doing for the first time, it shames us into silence. So, like, I'm so excited for the landscape to change. Like, Patrice, I hope you know how supported and how loved you already are. Like, you already yeah. in it. I don't know if you know, but you in it. Yeah. And you, and, we don't, and, we don't and, shame in coochie conversation. We done named our coochie. We done... We yes. <laughs> we're gonna do it again. Bianca, Bianca, can I ask you something real quick? Can Absolutely. you just talk to us a little bit about like your experience with like your hubby and like seven and like just being like in that space? Because I I see you're glowing and like you're so yes. supported. And you know we're we're supporting you too. So if you can let us know, like, yes. so I have a very beautiful support system um here you know when I when I went home I realized because when I went home I was like you know what I think I'm just gonna try and come back home like because I just feel like you know it takes a village and I just have my mom there and everybody there and then but it's like when I'm here it's like I have a beautiful partner who you know does all he can when it comes to this childbirthing experience, I don't feel alone. I have a wonderful doula who's a student midwife who is- Hey, God, it's Raina. That's my girl. That's Raina. my girl. Above and beyond. Um, <laughs> they've definitely made this experience delightful. I've had a beautiful pregnancy minus the pain that I've been in for the past eight weeks. But you know, that's just normal aches and pains of having a small frame on and a and gaining what I gained 45 pounds in this pregnancy so far. So those y'all all know me to be very super small. So for my body to be expanding in this way is it's been a lot on the body. But as far as my emotions and my mentality around the journey that I'm about to take and you know I get a lot of backlash from not even backlash but it's just people always want to share their experiences or or put their fears on you. And when I tell people like I'm having a home birth or I'm having a free birth, it's like, well, what about this? What about that? And I just tune out all the noise and only go to the people that I'm supported. You know, it's like go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated type of thing. I do a lot of hypnobirthing meditations in the morning with, with seven. Um, I take walks, I exercise, I do swimming, yoga, Pilates. I can't do the yoga and Pilates anymore because I have something called SPD, which is a symphysis pelvis dysfunction. So it's kind of when your pelvis softens too early preparing for the baby. So it causes like a lot of pain. So half the time, like I can't even, I can't even turn in the bed. Like (laughs) it's a whole project for me to turn in the bed. Like Ricky literally has to like, sometimes help me like just move on to a different side or get <laughs> off the bed and it it for somebody who's so independent I feel so helpless sometimes like so needy like the other day I was exercising and I the last time I was able to do Pilates I got stuck on the floor and I was literally like crying he was sleeping and he heard me crying he like picked me up and put me on the bed and take me off the bed and it's like 
just to move my legs to the side. Like he has to like move the bottom part of my body. And it's like, I can't imagine like how crippled people who live like this every day feel because like, I'm just such a, he'll be like, you need help? And I'm like, no, cause he'll be like half sleep and want to like get up and like help me. And I'm like, you're resting, like relax. Like, and he's like, no, you need help. And it's just being open to receive, you know, as we talk about in a lot of conversations um, and it's okay to need people. So I'm very much learning that. And um, it's been. Yes, it is. It's always okay, no matter what stage in pregnancy, because I still have trouble asking for help. And I'm a single mom of two kids. So that you have to ask for help. Like even now, like I'm home alone and it's like there's just certain things I can't do now because I'm by myself that like if I get stuck, I'm stuck until he comes home from work, you know? So um, I'm very thankful for this journey and the people that I have in my tribe, whether they're here in California or in New Jersey. Very thankful for all of you guys, how you, you know uplift and support my process and what I'm deciding to do, you know, I'm just really trying to change the narrative as because we feel like childbirth, childbirth is not a medical condition. You know what I mean? We don't have to have our babies in the hospital. And when you see an animal outside, you don't see the animal, a cat having kittens. You don't see her asking for epidural. You don't see nobody, no other cat coming to interfere and help her push these kittens out. Like they, we just tap into our primordial instincts and have these these animals you know what i mean have these babies and um i'm excited to just it to be a very intimate ceremonial type of birth that i'm about to have um you know i'm very i just feel like you know these babies they see a lot when they're first they see a lot period and it's like there's a lot of energies in the hospital as we just spoke about and those babies go to the NICU or whatever, and they just see so much. And then you wonder why you take your baby home and he won't start crying. Like, he's traumatized. Like, you don't know what he saw when he was away from you. So, like, also just teaching women, like I said, to advocate for themselves. I'm going to put a link to my birth plan, like a birth plan link in the comments when we uh, yes. Yeah, please. So I have to do my expedition. I've your birth plan, you know, you have all the information on how to create a birth plan for yourself and advocate for yourself. Um, so I really think it's important. I'll put a, you know, a, for those who want to have home births, you know, like a checklist of all the things you would need for your home birth. We'll probably do a coochie conversations on how I prepared for my home birth type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been very, are you, very going, to, are you going to vlog your journey? Like toward, like, well, you're already towards the end, but I mean, like, okay, I've been vlogging my whole journey and I, like okay, things, yeah. and I, don't, I haven't even shared things because you I know, don't get, don't get, don't, don't upset me today, okay? Because you know, I, I need content, and no, content. I just it's because I want to turn it into a documentary. It's okay, not because I want to just give you story clips on Instagram. I want to just be able to have like a whole documentary that I can put on YouTube, yeah, and show everybody at some point. Um, but I've been sharing every doc, like every doctor's visit has been documented. Um, almost every doula visit has been documented. So I do plan on putting it all together and just really showing people my journey. I um, love that. 
because sorry to cut you i really love that because i've been watching um a lot of videos on like birth like the birthing process of women delivering or like how they're being cared for during their labor um and like doula videos and that's something that has sparked my interest i'm like oh i like, know be hitting so i know bianca i know bianca content is probably what we need is you yeah, know but i was like oh it makes I'm, me that's right i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not going to get i'm not going to get upset i'm just going to let no it's you know i like the problem is i'm a hoarder of of information of like content not knowledge but just content so i'll have everything here like you'll tell me to make a yoni scene video and i could put something together because I have a bunch of just content in here that I don't share. So um, if you guys want me to start sharing little things sooner. Only fans. That's so that was the goal. And I oh, just, yeah, I forgot about that. This happened. So I did not, Bianca, I did not pay them. I did not pay them to say that I was here to talk about the maternal mental health week. I did not pay anybody so to see any of this. Too late for me to do the OnlyFans, or no? Because it's the beginning of your journey. And look at Patrice. Patrice, Patrice is coming out of it. Patrice, now you can finally get a foot massage. You know what I'm saying? Because I like I the feet are connected to the neck and the shoulders. So now you could get really in there because you ain't gonna dilate nobody. Exactly. So justice is almost two, and I'm just getting back to be able to work out. So. And that's a that's a that, that's a that's a that's a that's a content in itself. It can be a network. It don't have to be one person doing things like postpartum bodies or like postpartum party, whatever the hell it's called. And we can each put a video up because everybody's postpartum here. Almost Naj, almost Bianca, almost. but like you know what I'm saying? It's like we all have perspective. It can be a pregnancy channel. It can be motherhood channel. But that's somewhere where the collective can get resources from because it's like we share stories and this selfishly great. We're on DSPs, fine. We're on a podcast, fine. But like the other day I was having a conscious on real life women and it's like some of them didn't want to have kids and some of them did. Some of them didn't feel purpose. And it's just like I have this space so I can talk to it here. But women don't hear themselves having conversations like them and they don't see them each other walking through it. We just, yeah. we talk about it when we're past it. Like, oh yeah, I was going through that at that time. Wow, really? Ain't no receipt. What does that look like? What does healing look like? Like sometimes we need a practical step and it's not to put pressure on anybody to tell your panty. It's just like, we have a, a due diligence to uh, to be transparent. Yeah. Yeah, like if it was me, like, and if let's say there was a group of dads who had content, I would pay for that. I would pay for that. that. <laughs> no, I want to know I what's like, on your mind. I look for that on Instagram. Like I search for it. The men circles, I love them. The men podcast, the good ones. Like I watch that. I absorb that content because, like, I love seeing our people, our um, people in our hue creating content and sharing their viewpoints. Like I was just telling me, I said I spent twelve ninety nine a month to pay for Ace Metaphors platform. Like. And I pay for Canva for you know you know what I mean like it's like a subscription to me because like if black people are making content I'm gonna be absorbing it and that's and, and it's we have to we have to support our content like that's how Tyler Perry was able to buy VH1 and BET in one shot because we patron his we patron his content so like if we if we share more there's more to be absorbed and there's more to be circulated and like. Yeah. There's money to be I made, think, but yeah, but there's also a platform to be established. 
I don't know if y'all, any of y'all aren't on my close friends list, but I'm charging $5 after you guys are invited. Like, <laughs> what's up? $5 a, $5 a pop, you heard? I, $5 for the close really, friends. I haven't really shared anything about my pregnancy on, um. And I got one subscriber, just social, so you know. Someone's going to pay, just so you know. Hey. Somebody going to pay. Um, the first of many. I haven't I haven't shared anything about pregnancy on Instagram on social media. Um I've been very cryptic about it. Only because of my fragility. Um and you know, I just because of because of social media in general and how I feel about like sometimes it can be so consuming to me. Um I was like, okay, so I'll save a lot of um, my content, like I share personal belly pictures, which you guys will get. <laughs> um, but for me, it would like be the postpartum journey that I'd be sharing more so. Um, only because just while I'm in this state, I kind of just don't want like the extra attention noise. and yeah. the noise and stuff. Um, I was always adamant about that. I was like, oh, I can't wait till my baby comes out so I can put an emoji on him. <laughs> so horrible. Don't be that one. Don't be that one. Hustler, you better so, not. It's so horrible. But uh, but no, like, you know, that's just something that I kind of feel just in this space that I'm in, just to like, you know, keep it cute to like that to like that after. Because some people just make stuff up more more share more of your story. So I I received the message. Yeah, because also also share in alignment to your nature. You know, I don't want you to deviate from your from something you would naturally do. And I don't want you because I don't want you to resent the content or resent the the demographic. It's something that I've been wanting to do. It's just that like I just don't. Like it has, there's no reservations behind why I don't do it. I just don't do it. Do it. I think I don't know where to start now because it's like, all right, I'm at the end. Do I start from the beginning? Do I start from right now? Like, or, but it's like me putting so much thought into how to start is the reason why I haven't started. So, yeah, like you got to just so do just it. Like, so just organize it. Organized. Patrice, right. I got a question, right? If you were gonna have a pop out video for your content, what you doing, who you are, right? What would that look like? A life of being a mother. That's what it is. That's a day in a life. Yeah. That's a day in a life. A day in a life of pregnancy. Yeah, we count in pampers out here. Okay. <laughs> Damn, I ain't got to that part. So I like to always close out our Coochie Conversations with an Affirmation. Yes. And today I want everybody to give their own affirmation. So um, I will start. Yay. And my affirmation of today with this Coochie Conversations episode is I trust my body because I always know that she knows what's best for me. I trust my body because I know that she knows what's best for me. I like that. I'm, I'm going to have to use Naj, you up next. Oh, damn, Joanne. You just... I'm <laughs> 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 my business. If I, if I can tell how many times I heard damn Joanne and it's only Monday. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can because I believe in myself. 
I can because I believe in myself. Mm. Yes. Come on, Sam. You up next? What's your affirmation? You already are. You Period. Already are. You already are. And did. <laughs> and is. And is. I say. Joanne, don't Ooh. get quiet now. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I was charging. <laughs> my body, my voice, my body, my choice. Mm. I like that. I say. I love that. My body, my voice, my body, my choice. I like that. I say. I say. Okay, Patrice. Close it out. <laughs> Patrice at Psalm 91. I exist because I have a divine given purpose. Ooh, I Ooh. exist because I have a divine given purpose. Oh, I love that. Hey, I say. I This is such a beautiful episode, guys. Thank you yeah. so much for your time, for your experience, for your Patrice, that baby sleeping. I hope you know we're about to run a whole 30 minute episode right after this. I'm about to just let mm, mm, mm. baby sleep. This was this was beautiful. Thank you, Patrice, for you know coming on last minute and sharing your experience as a new mom. Some you you could have been like, girl, I got a breastfeed. I got I got I got things to do. I got I got a newborn. He's napping. It's time for me to nap. I ain't doing this conversation, but you showed up and showed out, and we really thank you. Appreciate you. Um, I appreciate it. So yeah, we will see you guys on the next episode of coochie conversations i hope all like in five seconds because we're all like in different texts we're like we're like in three different group chats like right (laughs) i hope you all enjoyed this episode you know everybody's links and instagram is shared in the comments if you need a birth plan it's in the comments um you know don't be afraid to like share comment and tell us what you you know what you got out of today's episode and we love you all thank you for tuning in Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.